Connecting for positive change. So hi everyone. Uh, so congratulations for making it to episode four and thanks very much for that. Um, I'm Simon Buckley uh, from the transport team at Innovate UK KTN and this is the Hydro Generally podcast series which is brought to you by Innovate UK KTN. We've had a number of really positive conversations in our first three episodes. Firstly with Sam on how hydrogen is produced. Then we looked at where it could be used and then we explored how it could be used for aviation. So before we get into today's episode, just a reminder about the podcast and the network. So the Hydrogenally podcast series is the voice of the Hydrogen Innovation Network. Uh, We're looking at applications, some of the opportunities and the challenges of the hydrogen economy. Uh, One of our core goals is to enable local clean hydrogen uptake and, and do that at scale, while also obviously reducing the cost so it's more commercially deployable. Uh, And if you haven't already, please go to our website, Innovate UK KTN, um, through the link in the description that will be at the end of this podcast and sign up to receive various newsletters and updates. You'll also be able to log back in and look through old episodes of this podcast there as well. Um, So today I'm joined by two people, my colleague Matthew Moss who is our maritime expert at KTN, and also, and thanks very much for joining Chester, Chester Lewis, Business Development Manager, Rise Hydrogen. Chester, do you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself um, and Rise? Well, firstly, thank you for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And uh, as you say, I'm a Business Development Manager at Rise Hydrogen. I'm responsible for developing projects with end users and production offtake opportunities. Uh, just an intro to, to RISE, um, RISE Hydrogen is a low-carbon hydrogen supplier. Uh, our aim ultimately is to lower emissions by un- unlocking the UK's hydrogen economy. At the moment, our, our focus is on heavy-duty transport sectors. And uh, the first customers we have are in, are in the bus sector. And we look to, to translate that experience that we have already with our customers into, into the new transport modes and new applications as, as they develop. Uh, personally, my, my, my background is in hydrogen clean tech consulting, where I focused on, on low carbon transport and heavy applications like maritime in particular. Great, thank you. And it must be a really exciting time in this space, which we'll get into uh, in a bit more detail. Um, Matt, really interested uh, for you to give us a bit of an overview about where future fuels are going in maritime. Thanks very much, Simon. And once again, thank you very much, Chester, for joining us today. So, yes, the maritime sector, it is a a difficult beast. Um, As an island nation, the UK relies on the maritime sector to import and export around 95% of all our goods. When it comes to fuels, the maritime sector has typically burnt the dirtiest fuel it can get its hands on because it's very cheap, although measures have come in recently to perhaps reduce at least some of the sulphur emissions related to that. But there's still substantial carbon dioxide emissions related to the maritime sector. If we were to add all them up globally, it would roughly equate to the same CO2 emissions as a country the size of Germany. So moving forward, there's a clear need that we need to change those fuels to something that is less carbon emitting. And there's an array of options out there. 
So I think I'm going to throw Chester right in at the deep end with our first question and say, where do you find hydrogen fitting in this future fuel landscape for maritime? Thanks, Matt. I appreciate uh, the maritime puns and uh, I hope to hear more of the getting at the deep end and, and those sorts of comments. So in terms of where see hydrogen in the maritime and how it slots in, I think I see hydrogen having a large role, both directly and indirectly. And by indirectly, I mean as the basis for, for other fuels, um, hydrogen-derived fuels. Uh, there's, in the maritime sector, very few applications, I think, where battery electric will really um, be a viable option due to the size, power and energy require requirements for maritime. Uh, hydrogen offers a, a clean way to store more energy um, on board a vessel, um, whether that's in a compressed form or in a liquid form. And I see gaseous hydrogen playing a role mainly in uh, coastal and inland shipping, um, integrating with that surface transport infrastructure where possible. And then obviously there's a much larger piece of shipping, which is for larger vessels, intercontinental routes where you need a higher energy density again and I think either liquid hydrogen or more energy dense hydrogen carriers like ammonia or methanol um, would be particularly interesting in that sense and, and in terms of how it's used as a fuel I think either fuel cell or hydrogen combustion engines um, there's an awful lot of work going on in both at the moment and uh, I th you know places like JCB have huge innovation programs going on in this space. Thanks very much, Chester. And yeah, I, I completely agree. Hydrogen has a pivotal role to play. There's many different sort of fuels that are touted as the next future fuel for, for maritime. You mentioned um, ammonia and methanol, but hydrogen is integral in, in all of those fuels sort of going forward. So for hydrogen combustion, you are probably looking at lower efficiencies than fuel cells. Um, what you do get is a sort of a technology that is well understood and used today and has actually got some benefits in terms of, of scale. So in terms of looking at hydrogen from an efficiency point of view, I think it's often a trap that, that we get caught into. How you really want to look at hydrogen is using it as easily in applications as, as possible. And I think having both fuel cell and hydrogen combustion engine options is really important to service a, a range of sectors and different power and energy requirements. What, so you mean like uh, longer range vessels might go combustion and shorter range vessels might use fuel cell? Is that how you might see that breaking down? Yeah, I think so. Um, that's one way to break it down. You could also look at it in terms of who needs certain zero emission characteristics. So um, hydrogen combustion engines are moving towards potentially getting to zero emissions and, and that's an area of the innovation. But um, obviously having an electric powertrain within fuel cells allows you to have zero emissions at the tailpipe um, out of principle. So I, I think there are a variety of factors that will determine whether a fuel cell or hydrogen combustion engine is the way forward.
talked a little bit there about different sectors and how in specific use cases, one type of either hydrogen combustion or fuel cells might be more appropriate. Given that hydrogen is a relatively immature technology, is there any other sectors that are perhaps a little bit more advanced that Maritime could leverage some expertise on? I know with uh, electrification, for example, the automotive is very far ahead, but in the hydrogen space, is it an equal playing field or can we sort of bring some of those lessons across into Maritime? I think there's definitely some lessons to take from other sectors. So, so RISE Hydrogen is, is active in a lot of the heavy duty transport sectors and, and beyond. Um, the first application we're looking, we've been looking at is, is buses. And whilst there are obviously differences between maritime and buses, um, there are processes and, and learnings that you can take forward to allow you to, to understand how to tailor things to, to a, a new application. So I think in terms of operating in a space where you're trying to comply with, with new regulations, with uh, technical challenges that haven't been seen before, allows you to sort of use that blueprint and imprint it on, on a different sector. Um, I don't think we're, we're starting from zero in maritime. There are very interesting um, pilot projects going on and the uh, in the UK through the Clean Maritime Demonstration Competition, but also um, in other countries such as as Norway. Um, so I think I think we we've got some useful ex- expertise in terms of adaptability to build on. We've got some useful experience from other in this country and in other countries that we can build on, and I think really the. The point for us moving forward is just how we can start putting together the projects that utilise both the the vessel and the infrastructure. So, so on that infrastructure point, um, have you got some indicative costs about what hydrogen will need to be sold at um, to make it competitive and uh, a good commercial option for operators? It's always a, a difficult question to answer that because you can you can look at what the hydrogen costs need to be to reach parity um, with heavy fuel oil or, or uh, marine gas oil right now. And I think there is lots of studies and lots of work going on to show that it, it, it can get to that level in the future. I think what where we're at in the, the sort of short term is really proving the concept that it can work in maritime. And I think there's lots of support in terms of um, how we can get to the scale where those hydrogen costs and prices are, are realised in the future. So it, it's, not a, it's not a simple question to answer, Simon, in terms of uh, this, is, this is the cost that it needs to be and you, you get straight to mass, mass adoption, I think. Um, we'll go through a process in the short term of proving the concept in maritime, figuring out in which spaces what, what the, the prices need to be. And then at that point, um, if, if hydrogen is 
a solution for certain areas of, of the maritime sector, then we can we can look at scaling and reducing the cost. So, so I hear as well that there might be potential some funding for maritime and hydrogen. Um, Matt, do you just want to bring in bring us an update on that? Yeah. So it was announced in the latest spend review that Maritime would get a share of £300 million of R&D money in order to build on the back of the successful Clean Maritime Demonstration Competition. We don't have word yet on exactly how much money will be given out to Maritime or a timeline of when the next round of competitions are set to start, but later in 2022, I'm pretty confident that we will see the sort of first round of this next tranche of funding for the Maritime sector. So it's a very much watch this space exciting news is coming and when department for transport are ready to make that announcement hopefully that we'll see lots of exciting projects that involve hydrogen in that mix thank you Uh, and coming from so my background is in heavy vehicles um and one of the things i've always noticed when you're talking about new technology batteries hydrogen whatever it is um getting the operators buy-in is really key um I just wonder whether you had any thoughts uh, regarding that um, for hydrogen deployment. So in terms of the, the maritime industry itself and, and, and um, getting the operators buy-in for that, I think it's, it's really about moving to a system where the alternative fuels have been proven, as, as I've said before, um, and they can be seen to be safe and can be used in an operational setting that works for their their business. And I'm not saying that is completely the same operation because you may need to refuel a bit more often with a slightly less dense fuel. Um, but it's certainly a, a closer to, to the, the similar operation that they had before than, than say using a technology such as batteries. Um, so I think what's really important for all of the, the clean technologies in, in maritime is that we, we spend a lot of effort in terms of demonstrating them at scale in, in real world applications with, with, with real operators, with real infra- infrastructure providers with the regulators all in tandem so that you get to a point where, especially within the UK and um, in the context of, of this discussion, that we have a maritime sector that needs to meet um, emission reduction goals and has options that it is comfortable in selecting and moving to for the future. Thanks, Chess. And I think you've highlighted there the need to avoid that classic chicken and egg scenario that ports implement one technology, the shipping operators don't comply, and that need to work together to a collective solution and bringing in the regulators at the same time to move this sort of common goal towards decarbonisation happen because it needs to happen on an international scale. We don't want to just that to happen in the UK and then us being left stranded. So it's super important to get all those stakeholders involved to move us in the sort of right direction. So I think my sort of final question would be, can the UK become a leader in both hydrogen and maritime technology more generally? We've seen good examples from the Clean Maritime Demonstration Competition, but there's perhaps more other nations that are more advanced. So I'm thinking here sort of the Port of Antwerp and their hydrogen hub. 
We've got the likes of Molomersk, who have committed to, I think it's 13 now, methanol fuel vessels for the future. Where does the UK stand and what is the role of the UK in this international market? And I appreciate that's a very broad question. No, no, it's, it's, it's a good question. And I think, I think the simple answer is um, the UK still has a massive opportunity. I, I think there are leaders and, and there's no point in, in sort of ignoring that. So there are people further along in, in testing some of these clean technologies and developing the supply chains around hydrogen and, and other fuels. I think the UK still has has a huge opportunity to be able to come up the learning curve and really utilize not only its position in in the supply chain that it already has. I mean, we have some great companies and some great expertise in alternative fuels already in the UK, but also to utilize its position in the world geographically. The UK has always been a maritime nation. The UK maritime twenty fifty strategy and the and then the the follow on with the the clean maritime plan really shows some ambition to to be a leader in this space again. And I I think we are well poised, not only in the maritime sector but in in the supporting supply chain, to really drive this forward over the next couple five and through to ten years to become a leader thanks very much chester um and i think probably a good point to finish on conscious of time um really interesting to talk a bit more about the maritime sector and if people have got further questions uh how how is it best to contact you so i i'm on linkedin uh, you can find me just by searching chester lewis um my my email is chester.lewis at risehydrogen.com and yes, always open to, to hearing from people about how we can support going forward. Great. And thanks again so much for your time today and uh, being part of this podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Any links mentioned today and a direct link to Innovate UK KTN website have been added to the description. Don't forget to sign up and receive the newsletters and the updates that we give out on a regular basis. And in the next episode, we're going to be exploring hydrogen combustion and some of its advantages and disadvantages across a range um, of sectors. Uh, so I think that will be a really interesting topic. This is quite hot at the moment. Um, so once again, thanks again for following us and please join us again. Goodbye. Connecting for positive change.